Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. If you're there, can you shout amen? Amen. Look at the person next to you and tell them you look better in 2020 than you did in 2019. Come on. Look at the person that you ignored the first time around. Look at the second person on the other side and tell them I like you better than the first person I turned to. (laughs) Any single people in the house, make some noise. All the single people, make some noise. I said single, not thirsty. Some of you are way too thirsty. All the single people, make some noise. Come on. Look around the room. That's what you're working with after service. You can go to Calvary Cafe, buy them a colada, and the rest is history. Romans chapter 12, Paul is writing a letter to a church in Rome. This is over 2,000 years ago. And right about the midway, almost three-quarters of the way of the letter, I love what he writes. Romans chapter 12. This is kind of going to be like the base scripture that we use for the first four or five weeks of 2020 and it's really going to shape and form I think our view as we start this year Paul says therefore somebody say therefore therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God he says this is your true and proper worship do not conform to the pattern of this world But be what? Somebody say transformed. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Can I get an amen? Amen. Come on, anybody love God's word? Anybody grateful for the word of God? Out of Romans chapter 12, if you can highlight those first two verses as they're going to get in our heart, our soul, for the next three, four, five weeks as we do this series. I want to start week one of this Reset series talking about resetting our heart, reviving our heart. I've titled this message, It's My Choice. It's My Choice. I want you to high-five three, four people around you and tell them, it's my choice. It's my choice. It's my choice. It's my choice. Come on, let's pray. We're going to pray. I'll speak maybe for the next about 20, 25 minutes, and then we'll worship God together and then have an incredible Sunday brunch. Anybody with me? Anybody hungry? All right, we're going to get through this fast. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace, for your love. Thank you that you love us, you're for us, you're with us, you're toward us. You're not mad at us, but you're madly, deeply in love with us. Thank you for every single person watching, every single person across any of our campuses, locations, and services. God, I pray that today you will open up our eyes. If anybody's discouraged, I pray that you would encourage them. God, if any of us are down, that you would just lift us up. Your word says that you are a lifter of heads. I pray that today you will lift up heads across the city and that eyes will be open so that we can see you in a fresh and brand new way. Because if we see you, Jesus, we will never be the same again. We love you. And we thank you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. All of God's people say. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on, make some noise. Come on. 
Recently, the latest iPhone came out. Any iPhone people in the building? Come on, all the iPhone people. If you have an iPhone, own an iPhone. Me and my wife, we, we love iPhones. We own an iPhone. And recently, I think it's the iPhone 11 that came out. The iPhone 11? 11 something? 12? Are they on 12 already? 14. One of those. Recently, the latest iPhone came out. And um, me and my wife, were part, we're part of this plan where every single time a new phone comes out, we get a notification, an email, or a text that says, hey, you're available for an upgrade, right? We can, we can upgrade our phone every single time a new one comes out. And uh, so about a few weeks ago, we got a text or an email that says, hey, you're available for an upgrade. And we're like, oh, okay, this is awesome. A new phone came out, and we can go get a brand new phone. By the way, does this happen to anybody else, that every single time a new iPhone comes out, your current one stops working, or it goes slower, or the battery begins to run out quicker? Come on, does that happen to anybody else? Come on, that's how they try to get us. We won't give in. We won't do it. Come on, that's how they try to get us to spend our money. So we went to get an upgrade, and uh, <laughs> we went to the store, and we're there checking out the new iPhone, and my wife really wanted the upgrade. I said, baby, I'll wait. I'm, I'm humble. I just, uh, I'll stay with my iPhone 10. She really wanted the iPhone 11, and so I said, babe, yeah, for sure, absolutely. We'll get it for you because I'm a good husband like that. And... Um, She's there checking it out, and she's like, all right, let's do it. I'm going to turn in my old phone to get the new iPhone. Now, he says, okay, before you turn in your old iPhone, I need you to go into your settings. Every single iPhone has this button called the reset button. It says reset, and he goes, I need you to reset your phone. He goes, now, before you do, I need you to make sure you got your pictures backed up, your messages, your emails, everything, all your contacts, because as soon as you hit reset, Everything is going to be wiped clean. Your phone will go back to its original setting. Your phone will be just as new. Now, I, I love that. I think that that's exactly what reset is all about. That's what today is all about. Have you ever wished life had a reset button? Come on, have you ever said, I just wish this day I could do it over? Come on, I wish I could start brand new. Have you ever wished for a reset button maybe in your marriage? Have you ever wished for a reset button maybe in business, in your finance life, like maybe in your relationships? I just wish I had a reset button. If I could do this day, oh, 2020 just started, and some of us are like, I, I wish I could start this new year over again. It already started bad. 2021, anybody, in Jesus' name. Reset, right? How about this? Have you ever wanted a reset in your spiritual life? Have you ever wanted a reset in your relationship with God? Like, like maybe it's 2020, right? We, we just started January and you're already feeling like, man, I, I don't know. My relationship with God, it just feels off. Have you ever felt like God is off at a distance? He feels a million miles away. Like, God, I don't know, me and you, we're not vibing, we're not talking. Like, it's weird. My relationship with God is just in a weird place. Have you ever gone through, like, a spiritual drought and you're just like, ah, maybe it's something I did or maybe it's God. He's just ignoring me. He's walking past me. Have you ever been there? And you're like, what is it, God? Maybe it's a bad choice that I made. Maybe it's something that has happened in life. Some personal choices that we've made that has left us feeling dry in our spiritual walk with God. Like, I don't know, I just don't feel God anymore. I grew up going to church or I've heard about God. Maybe you're a skeptic and you never had a relationship with God. And today you're just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if he's there. 
And this is what I've come to find out, that life so often can leave our faith on decline and our feelings in disorder. Life will leave your faith in decline and your feelings all out of place. So often we want to believe in God, but our feelings are all over the place. And so what ends up happening is that a lot of us, what we do is that we just go with emotions. My gosh, beginning of the year, I guess I'll go to church. My wife forced me to come to church, or my husband told me I better go to church. I'm just here with my family. I'm just here to, to make my parents happy. I'm just, I'm just trying to see what, what can happen. But a lot of us are just going through the motions with life. You know what a lot of us end up with? A lot of us really are ending up with religion. We just come to church, we'll sing a song, we'll go once every six weeks. Somebody will send us a nice little like meme with a Bible verse or something. We're like, that's great, God loves me, amazing, and we'll keep going. But a lot of us won't really have a relationship with God. Can I tell you today, God does not desire religion. God desires relationship. God wants a relationship with you. God is a real God. Come on, he's alive. He's vibrant. He desires to talk to you. He desires to have a life with you, to give you a full life. God doesn't want religion. God wants relationship. And so many of us, all we end up with is just religion. We just get up, go to some building, and get out. It's not about the building. It's about the heart that's in our life. It's not about attending a church. That's great. You can attend church all you want. But do you have a relationship with God? God, this is what he desires, a relationship with us. And I think so many of us were like, well, it's too late for me. I've done too many mistakes. Alex, you have no idea what I've done, where I've been. God must be upset at me. I want to tell you, it's never too late. We have a God that he's in the business of giving fresh beginnings. Come on, we're we have a God that he gives direction to those that are lost. He gives help to the helpless. He gives healing to the sick. Come on, he can help the broken. We serve a God that can lift up those that are discouraged. Come on, if you believe that today, can you give God a big hand? We serve a good God. We serve a mighty, powerful God. And today, what he wants to do is to give you a reset. He wants to recalibrate you and bring you back to where you once were. Hey, let's start this over. The beautiful thing with God is that with God, every day we can have a reset. The Bible says his mercies are made new each and every single day. I heard a preacher say this this past week. He said that so many times... We don't realize the moment that we fall asleep, but when we wake up, we realize we were sleeping all along. In other words, you're like, I, I didn't even know when I fell asleep. I just remember waking up, looking back, and be like, whoa, I've been sleeping this whole time. I've been sleeping for three hours on the job. <laughs> not here. That's West Kendall, not Kendall, not Kendall campus. <laughs> you don't realize when you fell asleep, but when you wake up, you realize you've been sleeping all along. Can I tell you, some of us today, God wants to wake us up. And we'll realize, 2019, I slept through some of his blessings. 2019, I slept through some opportunities. 2019, I missed some doors that God had for my life. But it's 2020, and I'm going to go after everything that God has for me. Come on, I'm going to declare blessings for my family, for my city, for my home, for my marriage. Anybody believe that? It's time to wake up. No more sleeping. The Bible says, wake up, oh sleeper. Rise up from the dead. And Jesus' light will shine on you. Come on, somebody. Anybody want to walk in the light and life of Jesus Christ? Come on. It's time to wake up. Somebody shout, wake up. Wake up. 2020, it's time to go after everything that God has for us. And here's what I'll say. If you want to be revived, you must first reset. 
You want that full life that God has for you? I want everything that God has for me. I first have to reset, recalibrate some things in my life. I, I looked at the definition of reset. And uh, a couple months ago, I found a few. So what I did is I kind of brought them all together. And I love what I found on reset. Look at what it says. The definition of reset is this. To set back to an initial state. To set again or to set anew. I love this part. To adjust after initial failure or fix in a new and different way. To reset. Maybe there was an initial failure. Maybe life started, your marriage started, your personal life, your finances, your business. Maybe your relationship with God and there was initial failure. Come on, you can reset again. You can recalibrate again. You can go back to factory settings. It can be wiped clean by the blood of Jesus, by what he did on the cross. We can begin again. In fact, I'll say this. A life with God is a life full of resets. Every single day we can begin again with God. Romans chapter 12. I love Romans chapter 12 because Paul is writing this incredible letter. In fact, later on this year as a church, we're going to study the book of Romans together. We're going to go chapter by chapter, section by section, and we're going to study the letter of Romans. Paul wrote an incredible letter to a church in Rome thousands of years ago that to this day is one of the most profound letters in the Gospels. Paul is writing and he's really laying groundwork or a foundation on what Jesus did, how powerful it was what he did, and what it means in our life. Really what he's laying down is something that every believer should know is the powerful move that God did when he sent his son Jesus. Jesus was just not a good teacher. Jesus was just not a guru. Jesus was just not a prophet, but he was the son of the living God. We believe that Jesus, he was, is, and will always be, and he decided to step up out of eternity. He came down to earth, and he took my sins and your sins. He took all of our shame. He took all of our guilt, everything that we're embarrassed about. The Bible says that Jesus, he carried it on his shoulders. He went up to a cross at Calvary, and he died for the entire sins of all of humanity. In other words, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done the blood of Jesus is so powerful it will wipe it clean it will reset your life and that way he died on the cross he went down to a grave for three days but anybody knows what happens after three days after three days Jesus he resurrected from the dead he's alive again he's in power and authority at the right hand of the father and so Paul Paul is writing this letter and Paul is writing this profound letter and it's full of doctrine and theology and we're going to study it together. I can't wait. It's going to be powerful. Paul is writing this amazing letter for 11 chapters. He's laying down the groundwork of the powerful thing that Jesus did for you and for me. He's saying, you have no idea. It's amazing. What Jesus did is absolutely incredible. Oh, my God, he's writing, he's writing, he's writing. And then he gets to chapter 12 and he says, therefore, in other words, because of all that Jesus did, give your life to him. Whoa. It's powerful. Because of all that Jesus has done for you and for me, because it's so powerful, profound, give your life as a living sacrifice to him. And it made me ask a question to myself, and I'll ask it to all of us today. How are we living our life? In fact, I'll rephrase it. I'll put it this way. What are we giving to God? Are we giving God, all of us, or are we giving God Half of us. Alex, what, how are you living your life with God? Are you living it as a living sacrifice? The people reading these scriptures 2,000 years ago would understand what he's saying because he's talking about a sacrifice that you would lay down on an altar and it would go up to God and it would please him. 
And he's saying, nowadays, you don't have to put an animal on the altar. Put yourself up there and let your life be a pleasing sacrifice to him. And so it made me ask the question, how am I living my life? Am I a living sacrifice? Am I on the altar? Am I? <laughs> right? and, and you know what? It, it led me to this important principle that it is good to reflect on your life. It's good to reflect on your relationship with God. In fact, I'll put it this way. Point number one, we must constantly review to consistently be renewed. Constantly. It's good to review your life. It's good to go back. I think one of the mistakes that all of us do as humans is that so often we don't go back and evaluate the things that we've been doing. Evaluation is key. Those of you who are in business, those of you who have a career, a profession, maybe you're a CEO, you know that evaluations are important. You need to go back, reflect, and review. Wait, otherwise, whatever you don't review, you'll end up repeating. And I don't know about you, I don't want to repeat the same mistakes I made in 2019. It's 2020. I realize I serve a big God. I realize time is flying. Soon we'll be in the 30s. I want to live after all God's plans and purposes for my life. In fact, I'll put it this way. Whatever you don't review, you can't renew. When's the last time? I'll get you said, when's the last time you sat down with your wife, your husband, your spouse, and said, hey, baby, how we doing? How we doing? Is everything okay? How's our relationship? You feel it's okay? Are we vibing? We vibing? We good? <laughs> we good? How are the vibes? Vibras. Jay Bob and Mike Vibras, right? How we doing? Right, like, go out to dinner. Maybe you say, I'm, I'm, I'm on a tight budget. I get it. I've been there. Go to McDonald's, anywhere. I'm not, just, just sit down across each other. No iPhones, no nothing. You just say, hey, let's review. How are we doing? Pastor JP, I love him. He's like a pastor and for all of us here, and really, we love him a lot. He, he gave me a great advice about three years ago. He says, hey, sit down with your wife and ask her this. How can I be a better husband? How can I be a better husband? And I said, JP, if I ask my wife that, really, there's not much she can say. I mean... <laughs> Maybe other people, but I'll ask, I'll ask. And she didn't have much to say. But anyways, review. Review and say, hey, hey, how am I doing? Look what, look what the Bible says that the psalmist, look what the psalmist wrote. I love this. Psalm, Psalm 119. If we could put it up. Psalm 119, verses 59 through 60. The psalmist says, I pondered the direction of my life, and I turned to follow your laws. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. In other words, the writer of the psalm says, I reviewed my life. I evaluated my life. I thought about my ways. I thought about the direction of my life. And I realized I needed to turn my direction, go after God's laws, go after God's blessings, go after God's plans. Some of us today, you need to turn around. You need to go after God. Give him all you've got. He has plans for you. He has purposes for you. Come on, you got a calling. You got a gift over your life. You got the Holy Spirit in you. Run after God. Ponder, reflect, and say, what direction am I going? Am I happy with the direction my life is going in? Right? Review, reflect. I'll never forget several years ago when I was about 20 years old, three years ago, um, when I was about 20 years old, we went to Costa Rica. My family's from Costa Rica. Any Costa Ricans in the house? One. <laughs> We went to Costa Rica on a family vacation with some family and some friends, and we went to this park called Tabacón. It's a hot, you know, springs water park. It's absolutely gorgeous. And 
we went there. We, we spent the whole day there in the hot springs. My family, my parents, all of us, we were having a blast. And, and all the way in the back of the park, all the way in the back, there's this small little pool. And it's a freezing water pool. I'm talking about like, like it's, it's cold, cold. Like it's, it's cold, 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 freezing cold. And one of our friends discovered it. He said, hey, everybody, come here. I found a, a cold pool. And all of us are like, hey, we're good in the hot springs. We don't want to go in there. And he started to try to go in. But he would just dip his toe and then run back out. And all of a sudden, he went to his ankles. He's like, it's too cold. I'm not getting in. And all of us are like, we're done. We're like, we're going back to the hot springs. And he's like, oh, but I want to get in. Hold on, hold on. I want to get in. He's like, but don't understand. This is like freezing cold, like freezing cold. His feet were like turning purple and stuff. My dad got tired. And my dad came up behind him and pushed him in the water. <laughs> and started splashing water all over him. It says, if you want to get in, you have to go all in and do it once and for all. 2020, some of us are dipping into God's blessings, into God's purposes, and God's saying, go in. Go in because I got a lot for you. Go in because I got plans for you. Go in because I'm going to help you. Go in because I'm going to open up doors, review your life, reflect on your life, and say, I'm done playing games. It's time to go all in. He says, offer your life. As a living sacrifice. Is my life a living sacrifice? Am I giving God all that he deserves? Or am I going halfway in with God? Some of us this year, we need to say, hey, I'm going all in. I'm going all in on connect groups. I'm going to get around the godly community Monday through Saturday. We'll meet up at a coffee shop, at a restaurant, four or five people. We kick off connect groups here at Calvary in about two weeks. Get in a connect group. Get in a connect group. It's going to be one of the most beneficial things for your life. I'm going to get some godly people around me, some godly friends. We're on the same page, same vision for our life. Some of us, we need to start Grow Track today. Across all of our locations, every campus, go to Grow Track right after service. I'm going to Grow Track. I'm going to learn what the Bible is. I've heard so much. I've heard people say it contradicts it. I've heard that it's fake. I've heard that this. Well, go learn about it. Go all in. If you're going to believe in God, have a foundation on what you believe. Don't just listen to a pastor and just go after whatever anybody says on a mic. I had to go through my own journey where I'm like, is this real? Growth track is not help you get on that start. Get on Dream Team. Say, hey, I'm going to start helping out my community. I just don't want to live in Miami and say, hey, Miami is this crazy place and all this ratchet stuff happens in Miami. Like, when's the last time we blessed our city? And say, I'm going to build my city. I'm going to get back to my city, right? Get on Dream Team. It's a way that we bless our city together. Paul says, live your life as a living sacrifice. And then he says, don't be conformed to this world. Hey, don't live like everybody else. The second principle we can get from this is don't settle for average when there's more for your life. I don't know, 2020, I, I don't want to settle for average. I don't want to live my life and let time go by, let days go by, and miss out on everything that God has for me, for my marriage, for my family, for our future. Not saying that there won't be tough days, tragic days, hard days, but... Through it all, he's with me. And I want to sense his very real presence every single moment. I'm not going to settle for an average relationship with a very real God. I'm not going to settle for an average marriage. I'm not going to settle for an average life. Even if I don't have everything that I want, God has given me everything that I need. And with it, I can live a life that makes a difference in this world. You can live a life that makes a difference. Are you making a difference because you were created by Almighty God? So many of us, we're living this average life. Can I tell you, don't settle for average when you serve a God that's amazing. You have a God that's awesome. You have a God that's powerful, that heals, that delivers. 
Have you settled? Have you settled and said, maybe I need a reset. Maybe my life, it is, it's being conformed to the people around me. I'm just doing what everybody else is doing. Everybody at the office cheats on their wives, so I'm going to do it too. Everybody else is just lying in business and doing illegal. I mean, I'm going to do it too. It's Miami. <laughs> right? like, we just cut corners. We do it. We do it, you know. Hey, sin papeles, eso, a la esquina, dale, vamos. Like, right? It's just Miami. It's how we do it. Like, wait, wait. Are you going to have a life that honors God and says, I'm different? It might be harder, but I want to honor God. At least I'm going to try with everything that I can. I'm going to live a life that is honoring to God. I'm not going to conform to the patterns of this world. Oh, come on. Everybody's going to live. And then you go out and just... Sleep around with whoever you want. That's good. That's cool. But I was made by a God who made me beautifully, wonderfully made. He met me set apart. He made me holy, sanctified. I won't just give my body to anybody. I won't just live my life and waste it away. Come on. I was made by Almighty God for a purpose, for a calling. Live your life a different way. Don't conform to this world. Don't copy. Don't imitate anybody else. You were made with a calling. You got a gifting and a purpose. And here's what I believe. So many of us, we bow down to what fear tells us instead of rising up to what God says. What has fear told you? You're no good. You'll never do it. God can't use you. I know you're from Southridge. God can't do anything with your life. I know where you come from. Oh, come on. You're from Westchester. God can't do anything with people from Westchester. Oh, I know where you come. You're from Miami Senior High. Right, like people would just, people all of a sudden will try to label you. Don't let nobody label you. Don't let anybody label you. Don't let what Instagram, Facebook, a magazine, television says about you. There's a God who already said who you are. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Come on, you need to stand up and say, I'm a child of God. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. Made in his image. Made in his purpose. You don't have to like me. I'm already blessed. You don't have to approve of me. In heaven, I'm already approved. In heaven, I already got access to my father. Come on, don't live to what fear says about you. Don't settle for average. You were made for much more. What are you limiting in your own life that God already gave you access to? But you're conforming, copying everybody else. Look at what the Bible says, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Paul says, hey, we're God's handiwork. Another translation says, hey, you're God's masterpiece. Some of you need to look in the mirror today and say, hey, I'm a masterpiece by God. Come on. Some of us are just repeating words that people have spoken over our life. Even right now, you hear me saying this and you're like, that's not for me. My dad told me I was no good. My teachers told me I never amount to nothing. But wait, I look at scripture and he says I'm a masterpiece. And it says he created me in Christ Jesus to do good works. Somebody say good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has much more for your life. Don't let fear tell you who you are. Don't settle. Don't conform. Don't live the way the world is living. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. You're different. And Paul says, don't conform to this world. And then he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. The third principle, we'll finish with this. Third principle we can take from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. And there's a lot we can get from it. But for week one, I, I got this as the third principle. Small decisions lead to big changes. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul says, you, you want to reset? 
you want to recalibrate, you want to start again, go back to factory settings, start again brand new, then renew your mind. Reset your mind. Be transformed by resetting. Now, when Paul says the word transformed, the root word is metamorpho, is where we get our English word metamorphosis. The picture of metamorphosis is a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Every single time a caterpillar wraps itself up in a, what's it called? Cocoon. Every single time a caterpillar wraps itself up in a cocoon, after a while, <laughs> eso mismo. After a while, after a while, he'll come out as a butterfly. What's happening in the cocoon is metamorphosis. He's being transformed. When you live life with God, he passes you through Seasons of metamorphosis, days of metamorphosis, transformation happens. You're not the same that you were in 2019. You're not going to be the same that you were in 2016. You're not that same girl. You're not that same guy. God is changing you. God is transforming you. He's making you better. He's building you up stronger. He's developing character on the inside of you. He's putting some hope on the inside of you. Come on, he's putting wisdom on your soul. Come on, he's building you up. Anybody want to be built up by God on the inside? Come on, he's transforming us. But it happens... By renewing the mind, resetting the mind, recalibrating the mind. In other words, make a small decision that will lead to a big change. I heard it said this way. Your future self is a result of your small decisions now. In other words, who you are today is the sum total of your past small decisions. What decisions have we made, whether to reset or continue living the same but just know that if you don't reset, you will repeat. And so a lot of us, we're still the same person, doing the same thing, caught up in the same small circles, same cycles, same addictions, same habits, because we don't reset, renew. Small decisions. What are some small decisions? Maybe you're like, Alex, but that's, what, do you, what do you mean? What are some small decisions I can make? Go after God with everything. Get in your word. Have a personal relationship, not with the church, not with a pastor, with God himself. Talk to him daily. Don't be dependent on a man or a woman. You can have a relationship with God yourself. Go after God. Give him everything. But those are small things. Start fasting with us, praying with us. Small things. Don't look down on the small things because the small things have big impact. Look what Zechariah says. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Don't look down on these small decisions. Some of us today, you know what we need to do? Some of us, we need to block some numbers on our phone. Hello? Some of us, we need to block some websites on our phone. Hello? Some of us, we need to get away from some toxic relationships that we've been wasting too much time in and saying it's 2020. God has much more for me. I'm not going to stay repeating. I'm transforming. I'm going through metamorphosis. I'm renewing. I'm resetting. I'm recalibrating. I'm changing small decisions. Somebody said this. Successful people... They do consistently what average people do occasionally. What are some things that we're, we're saying, 2019, I did a little bit of this, but 2020, go all in. I was doing research for this whole series, and one of my favorite pastors, he's in Oklahoma. He leads an incredible church. He's a mentor in my life. He has no idea, but he's a mentor in my life. And his name is Pastor Craig Rochelle. He gave this, this list of good habits that we could develop to start a new year. And I loved it. I thought I'll share it with you, and I'm going to try to do every single one of these this year. It's hard. It's not easy. Let's keep each other accountable. 
I hope we have a city that wants to help out one another and not bring each other down, but build each other up. Seven healthy decisions for 2020. Number one, what about if we wake up a little bit earlier to start our day with Jesus? Come on, anybody with me? Come on, 2020. Set your alarm 15, 20 minutes before and say, I'm going to start my day giving some worship to God. We call it the first 15, but you can make it the first 20, first 30. Give God some worship. Read a verse or two. Start that devotional with us tonight, tomorrow. Number two, sleep at least seven hours a night. That's a good, healthy decision. Some of us are like, I got seven hours just in total all 2019. I just, I can't. (laughs) Listen, I know there's some people in here. I've been there. Anxiety is not letting you sleep. Worries taking away a peaceful rest. Can I tell you, God desires for you to sleep a sweet sleep, get some rest in your soul, get some rest to your mind. Anxiety doesn't have to win over you. Depression doesn't have to be the, the winner. Come on. In Jesus, you can have some sweet sleep. It's good for our mental health. Get seven, eight hours of sleep a night. Number three, eat at least one meal together with your family each day. Some of you are like, I do that in the car on the way to gym practice and soccer practice and football practice and all that. No, when's the last time we sat down across the table and ate with our family? No iPhones, no iPads, just our eyelids open, (laughs) seeing one another, talking to family. Number four, attend your local church weekly, serve and give there. It's powerful. What it's done in my life, what it's done in my family, in my marriage. How many of you here can say that attending a local church has transformed your life? Can you lift up your hand? It's powerful. And again, if you're watching somewhere in our city or around the world, I'm not saying you have to come to Calvary. I think that's the best one, but I'm just saying Go, go to any church. Go to any church. Listen, go to a Bible teaching church, Jesus Center, and throw your life in there. Your life will never be the same again. It's not about a church. It's about the church of Jesus. Our church is full of hundreds of incredibly beautiful churches. Go to a church. Get plugged in. I'm telling you, the end of 2020 will look so much better than 2019 did. Number five, exercise at least three times a week for at least 30 minutes. Not one Amen. Come on, that's a good, healthy habit. Going outside and just getting some sun is good for our mental health, emotional health, even spiritual health. God may nurture nature. Just go outside and spend some time in nature. Number six, declare some truths about yourself every day. Look in the mirror and declare God's word over your life, what he says about you. And number seven, turn off electronic devices before bed. Another one that's hard to do. We live stuck on social media and texting. How about before the day ends, you say, I'm going to start my day with Jesus, and I'm going to end my day with Jesus. I'm going to unplug, disconnect for a minute. Healthy choices. I wrote this last statement. I want us to read it together. In fact, why don't we do so? Why don't we stand up all across the church, every location, every single person? Small decisions lead to big change. What small decision do you have to do today that's going to lead to a big, big change? Can I tell you, it's your choice. It's your choice. The Bible says that God says, I put life and death before you today, blessings and curses. Which will you choose? You want to reset, recalibrate, start brand new? It's your choice. If I don't choose to reset, then I choose to repeat. And this year, I don't want to repeat the same mistakes I did last year. I want to end differently. Can I get an amen? Amen. I wrote this statement, and maybe this statement will help us kick off 2020, kind of like a declaration for the year. Why don't we all read it out loud? And If you're in your workplace, in your office, or in your car, read it with us. Come on, let's all read it together, one voice, as loud as possible. Come on, let's say it. In 2020, I will believe God for the impossible. 
I will do what is possible. I will see God work in my life and in my favor. I will pray for new doors to walk through and go after all God has for me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, anybody believe that? Come on, we're resetting, recalibrating. Come on, every eye closed all across this place.